Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to this installment of the Steel Conversation on 24-7 Sports. My name is Brian Diardo, and hoping you guys are off to a wonderful Monday wherever you are in Steelers Nation. We're glad that you are deciding to spend uh, part of your day, part of your week with us here at 247sports.com. And once again, my name is Brian Diardo, and if you ever want the latest and greatest Steelers news, Come on to our website. It's pit.247sports.com. That's, again, pit.247sports.com. And this is our second installment of the Steel Conversation. We will have a more consistent uh, schedule so you can start to bank on when our show will be once the regular season starts. Our last podcast was Friday, and now we're kicking off this podcast on the start of your week. So hopefully, again, you guys are off to a great start to your week, and hopefully it is better than the Steelers' last preseason game. They dropped their preseason record to 1-3. and three. Uh, They lost to the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo at Ralph Wilson Stadium, 43-19. to 19. That just, ooh, that puts a bad taste in your mouth when you hear that final score. Not as bad as, well, I don't want to say it, it, it's not as bad as the score indicated because uh, there are some parts of it that are. Um, but there's more than what meets the eye than just that final score. And we'll definitely talk a lot about that. Um, on this podcast, half an hour podcast this time. We're going to talk more as well about the Steelers' offense. You know, it, uh, the starting offense, again, showed a lot of the promise that, uh, you know, prognosticators and fans and everybody's kind of been expecting to see uh, once the regular season starts. So we're going to talk about that offense and kind of put it into an historical perspective. Anybody that, that, that you know, reads, uh, you know, our website, pit.247sports, and, uh, you know, starts to, to follow our website, we'll know that I'm a huge uh, historical football guy. I love this, obviously, the 70s Steelers, just as any Steeler fan uh, does. Um, just a big fan of, of the history of the NFL, the great players and great teams that uh, preceded the current teams that play today. So we're going to put the Steelers, uh, you know, offense and what they could achieve based on what they've done, you know, what they did last year, what Ben Rosberger has done over his career, and, and Le'Veon Bell on the up and up. And we're going to compare this offense to um, some of the other offenses over the last quarter century. Um, I chose the last quarter century because, A, there's a million teams once, you know, we, we lay, waive uh, that restriction of 25 years. Also, you know, as anybody knows that's followed football for so long, the game has changed so much. I mean, even, you know, if we compared this team to the 70 Steelers, it, 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 it just wouldn't add up. Uh, first of all, just the genetics, you know, uh, for example, Lyman back then, you know, 230, 245 pounds is the average size of a Lyman. Well, Big Ben's. 245. So it's just, you know, and, and you know, Bradshaw never took shotguns. Every every handoff was just under center, uh, under Mike Webster. So really, I mean, the way the offenses are now, I mean, the last 25 years, if you look at the 1990 New York Giants offense that won the Super Bowl, it, it, it obviously doesn't look that similar, but it's close enough. You know, that 25 years, they were doing the shotgun back then. They were doing a lot of things they're still going on today. So I felt like that last 25 years – was close enough to make some comparable um, comparisons, if you will. So we'll get to that too, but let's go back to uh, the Steelers versus the Bills. So uh, to kind of recap, the Steelers were 1-2 and two going into that preseason game. Uh, the first game, kind of a throwaway, playing the Vikings in the Hall of Fame game. It's that extra Hall of Fame, uh, extra preseason game the Steelers elected to do in Canton, probably because Jerome Bettis was going in and, and they knew, hey, if we have a game the night before – uh, it gives the uh, Steelers fans uh, that live around that area, Canton, Ohio area, uh, more incentive to go. Hey, we'll make a weekend out of it. We'll see the bus get in on Saturday. We'll stay and watch the Steelers on Sunday. So 
you know, knowing that, you know, normally you only play four preseason games. I think Coach Tom, you know, they decided to do it, and, and they really didn't play anybody. Landry Jones played the entire game, our, our third-string quarterback. Uh, Antonio Brown didn't play. Le'Veon Bell didn't play. Uh, D'Angelo Williams didn't play. Rosberg obviously didn't play. No one really played. And at the same time, we had a lot of guys that were injured at that time. Mike Mitchell, uh, Shamarco Thomas. We, we just had a plethora of guys offensively, defensively, that were banged up more on the defensive side, which is really, uh, I think, the injuries to our defense this, this preseason and training camp, I think kind of reared its ugly head on Saturday, but we'll get to that later. So first preseason game, just, just kind of a wash, you know, not, you can't take a ton away from that game. Um, you, know, you can look at Shaquem Phillips, our new uh, uh, free agent receiver had an amazing catch over Trey Wayne, the number one pick from the uh, Vikings defensive back. That was a little out of the Steelers reach in the first round of the draft. I actually thought the Steelers uh, might take a swing at him, but he was just, he was drafted way too early. We weren't able to get him. But uh, Shaq and Phillips played well. Um, Ryan Shazier played well at our team in tackles. Lawrence Timmons played well. Um, uh, no surprise there. Lawrence was a, a Pro Bowl guy, you know, a year ago. Jesse James had a tough game. Our new rookie tight end had a couple of drops. But, uh, you know, ever since then, Mike Tomlin said the air has been pointed up with him. So that, that's all in good. And then we go to Jacksonville the next week, first-string offense. Uh, they show up, and they show up in a big way. Roethlisberger hits uh, – Martavis Bryant for a 44-yard touchdown strike just six plays into the starting offense's uh, first action of the preseason. So that was pretty awesome. And then, uh, you know, Andrew Williams doing his thing, Le'Veon Bell doing his thing. Everybody on offense looks great. Defense up and down, and that's kind of been the story of, of this preseason. Um, you know, they did a good job against Jacksonville in the first possession, forced into a three and out. But, uh, you know, later on Jacksonville on both uh, their first string quarterback and their backup uh, Chad Hitney, their backup, led them on scoring drives. And Jacksonville, um, late in the game, had a 90-plus-yard drive to pull that game out uh, down in Jacksonville. So uh, we lose our second straight preseason game. Defense up and down offense. Starting offense looks pretty good. And uh, even Landry Jones, at the end of that game, led a couple of scoring drives in the second half. I think three scoring drives in the second half of that game. And, again, it was Tyler Murphy, Shaq and Phillips, even Darius Hayward Bay uh, had some nice catches. And Sammy Coates. Our third-round draft pick, our receiver, had a recovered fumble in that game. So we go to Green Bay last Sunday. We finally get our first uh, preseason victory. Uh, it was, uh, it was again, Landry Jones hooking it up with our free agent uh, receivers, Tyler Murphy, for a 21-yard touchdown. And then for the win, uh, Shaq and Phillips with a beautiful catch, uh, a loft from Landry on the near far side end zone. And uh, Phillips just uh, really outfought the defender for the ball, and it was a great touchdown for him. Steelers win that game again. Starting offense uh, scores a touchdown. Uh, to Marcus Wheaton from five yards out from Big Ben. And the Steelers uh, offense again, starting offense, and then going to Landry Jones all play well. The big thing takeaway from that game was the injuries. Uh, uh, Marquise Pouncey, as you all know now, uh, broken bone uh, in his left leg, just above the ankle, um, so the fibula bone. So, you know, he's out for, we're thinking, you know, anywhere from eight to ten weeks. Uh, Art Rooney, President Art Rooney II and Mike Tomlin came out later this uh, past week and said that that there is hope that he will return, uh, you know, at least maybe midway through the season or maybe 10 weeks out. Um, uh, Bruce Gretkowski dislocates his finger, so then that brings in bringing in Michael Vick, which was along with uh, Bryant, Martavis Bryant, down the road later in the week. Those are the two hot-button topics. Uh, well, there were three. The Pouncey injury, we bring in Doug Ligurski, who was on our team from uh, – uh, 2009-2012 was actually our starting center in Super Bowl 43 when Pouncey was out. He comes back in. Uh, we bring him back in. 
Uh, Cody Wallace is now going to start as center. He also started four games when Palacio was out in 2013. So we're, we're really – I you know, when you lose a guy like Pouncey, who's made the Pro Bowl four times in five five seasons, he's only had four healthy seasons. Pro Bowl every season he's been healthy, two all-pro selections. We've done the best job we can, uh, Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert and company, uh, masking his loss, Pouncey's loss in the O-line. So I kind of like what we've done with the O-line, bringing in Ligurski, a familiar face, uh, kind of that lunch bucket guy, just works hard, blue-collar uh, work ethic. And then Cody Wallace, who – uh, again, he's a mainstay. He's a guy that we've had for a long time. I and mean, the main thing you want on offensive line is continuity. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, going from just kind of an A-plus offensive line to maybe an A-minus or B-plus offensive line. This offensive line is still one of the best in football. Ramon Foster, Kelvin Beecham, David DeCastro, I think should be a pro bowler this season. I, I still love what the, the possibilities of what this offensive line can do. Yes, with Pouncey, it, it's just it just it's going you know from a, from a diesel to just whatever is stronger than a diesel. It just it just takes you another notch above. But with the tools we still have on our line, I still like it. Uh, you know, and then you know, so then we go later on in the week. We bring in Michael Vick. That brings in a lot of controversy. But uh, you know, Vick uh, so far has really meshed well with the Steelers, and, and we'll get to what he did in Buffalo uh, in just a little bit. Then we have the Martavis Bryant situation that comes out Thursday, and that's that. Uh, he violated the league substance abuse policy. He's out for the four, first four games of the season. And, you know, just like the offensive line, it's something that, that you don't want. That's a big blow. But the Steelers have a lot of depth on offense, especially wide receiver. And that's really uh, Kevin Colbert's niche. I mean, he really uh, does a great job at finding receivers. He just has an eye for it. He has an eye for talent there. And so he, you know, was able to, to get uh, Marcus Wheaton, who was being groomed as the number two receiver before uh, Bryant's elevation last season, catching nine touchdowns in his last 11 games, including the playoffs game against the Ravens. He had a touchdown in that game. We've still got Antonio Bryant, who's, who's arguably the best receiver in football. Uh, not arguably, it's just undisputed. He has the stats over the last two seasons, 3,100 uh, total receiving yards, uh, over 20 touchdowns, uh, 130, 239 catches. I mean, he's the guy. Then we've got Sammy Coates, who uh, had a 54-yard catch against the Packers, uh, you know, he has uh, you know really good statistics this preseason. Hayward Bay has had a couple of catches. Now, again, he's going to be mostly our gunner on special teams. But, again, he's a guy you can plug in there if, if you need a spark in your passing game. We have Heath Miller who, you know, geez, he's just become tight end position. You could just bank on that guy if he's healthy, having 60 to 70 catches a season, you know, 650 to 750 receiving yards, you know, five to eight touchdowns. Just Heath Miller just brings you that. Uh, just stability and consistency. He's easily the best tight end the Steelers have ever had. Enough said there. So still plenty of weapons to mask Brian's uh, miss if he misses four games. It could be reduced. It could be pushed back to next year like the Le'Veon Bell situation last year. We have no idea. But that brings us full circle to the Bills game uh, on Saturday where, uh, again, the Steelers, uh, we allowed an early touchdown against the Packers uh, last week. We allowed another early touchdown. This one was really just, just right up the gut. Fred Jackson, the Bills running back, his first carry of the preseason, the 34-year-old Jackson rushes 41 yards down to the one. He scores two plays later, and again, our, our first-string defense just gets blown off the ball. On our second offensive possession, the Steelers, uh, they really go go for it, and uh, and they mix it up. Uh, D'Angelo Williams has a nice 14-yard run. He has a nice 10-yard catch from Big Ben, um, and then he actually takes it in from the one. And, and D'Angelo, I would say, if anything, you take away positively out of the Bills game, it was D'Angelo Williams. The guy now in, in – uh, in uh, three preseason games, he's got 13 carries. He's averaging 4.8 yards a carry. Uh, he had his first touchdown. 
And then he actually backed it up on Saturday, was, and he scored on the very next play when the Steelers went for two. He actually fell down and got the handoff, got up, and still was able to get into the end zone. So really, if, if you take away anything from the game Saturday, it's that D'Angelo Williams, uh, he's going to be fine with Le'Veon Bell out. You know, And it's amazing when you say you're going to lose an all-pro center in Pouncey. You're going to lose uh, an all-pro running back in Le'Veon Bell. You're going to lose the guy that gave you nine touchdowns last year and Mark Davis Bryant, and, and, and you're still optimistic about our offense. Well, I am. And it's not just, just blowing smoke out there. You know, we still have a lot of good weapons because Kevin Colbert has done a good job providing depth for our offense. I mean, he spent – I mean, this offense – I mean, the Steelers' offense in 2012 was not very good. If, if people forget that that really – our defense was still top five of the league in 2012. We had the number one defense in the league in, in 2011. Yeah, that wasn't the issue when we went 8-8 eight eight in 2012. The issue was um, our offense just, just was going through that transition of losing the guys that got us and won us the Super Bowls in the 2000s, um, you know, with Willie Parker leaving, with Heinz Ward getting up there in age, with us losing, you know, all those receivers to free agency, you know, you know Mike Wallace and, and, and all those guys. Uh, our offense was really stagnant in 2012, but Colbert did such a great job revamping the offense to where it is now. We can lose two all-pros and a Pro Bowl caliber guy in Bryant, and we can still have a, a very dangerous offense going ahead. Uh, and that's what he's trying to do with the defense, which which we're really going to address here in a few minutes. But, uh, again, you know, you take away uh, D'Angelo Williams' great performance Saturday. Uh, Martavis Bryant, what can you say about him? I mean, the guy, uh, unfortunately, um, because of actions outside of football off the field, uh, we're probably going to miss him for, you know, maximum four games, maybe minimum two games to start the 2015 regular season. Um, but, gee, I mean, Chris, a 63-yard catch for Michael Vick on Vick's first pass as a Steeler. Michael Vick, a left-handed guy, which is, you know, you're not used to seeing it. There hasn't been a lot of left-handed quarterbacks in the history of pro football. You know, you got, you know, Boomer in the 80s and 90s, Steve Young in the 80s and 90s. Not a lot of left-handers, but, but Vick drops back, left-handed guy, and he throws a bomb all the way down to, to Brian on their first play together. And uh, Michael Vick's first possession as a stealer, uh, the drive leads to a field goal as uh, as the, the drive stalled there in the red zone, the Garrett Hartley field goal, which we'll get to Garrett Hartley's name here in a little bit. And then – you know, Brian has another catch um, from Vic later, 33 yards. Uh, they hook up two catches for 99 yards together, and then Brian takes a Landry Jones pass to the house from 39 yards out, caught the ball um, about 20 yards out and did the rest himself. And just really at that point, the Bills had brought in their backups, and I actually, I actually remember sitting there thinking, you know, because Brian was in there. Now, again, you got to remember, last year about the same time, Le'Veon Bell had that issue with LeGarrette Blount right before a preseason game against the Eagles, about a year ago at this time. And Tomlin made those two guys play well after uh, most of the stars already left the field. I think just kind of a punishment. And it was kind of the same thing with, with uh, Martavis on Saturday where all the stars are left and Martavis was still out there. When I saw him out there with the Bills, most of the, some of their backups, I remember thinking, wow, we're just going to go at it. And um, that's what happened. Landry Jones just went right at him. And it, it was really a man against children. It, it was a man among men. It really was. And, and uh, Bryant just dusted him off, went into the end zone. And we're really going to miss his explosiveness. But as I already alluded to, we'll be fine on offense, kind of masking his void early on. But when we get him back, it's going to be something. Michael Vick left 4-5 passing, had over 100 yards in the air, looked very strong, did suffer a sack uh, near the end of the half. Um, but, again, overall, he looked very, very good and. You can say what you want about his off-the-field off annex. I don't love his pass either, but, you know, black and white, just looking at football, you know, he looks to be a good investment and in a, in a good risk that the Steelers took last week uh, bringing him in um, as our number two quarterback. Uh, 
Garrett Harley, that's the big thing. Suffered, uh, I think, it was a hamstring injury, right hamstring injury, uh, late in the first half of that game. Um, he was out. Jordan Berry did a good job on kickoffs replacing him, but that's definitely something to look at. And Mike Tomlin uh, said it in his post-game press conference that he does not think that Hartley's going to be ready for the season opener. So the Steelers are going to have to do something. And might bring in a third. It's going to look like they're probably going to bring in a third kicker now they're going to have on their roster. So uh, a very unfortunate thing is Garrett Hartley has done a really good job for the Steelers in preseason. It hit all uh, four of his field goal attempts um, before the injury, which is a very unfortunate thing. No other injuries really to talk about. Um, uh, Bud Dupree left with, with a foot injury, a sore foot, but Mike Tomlin doesn't think it's going to be anything significant. Um, um, and that's really it. There were really no other crazy injuries um, looking going forward. Uh, Mike Mitchell suffered an injury late last week, so that's something to kind of uh, keep an eye on. But, again, it seems like our, uh, the defense is starting to round into form. But that injury bug was really something that has hurt us so far in the preseason. I mean, uh, Lawrence Timmons had been out the last couple of weeks, and, and I think all, all the problems surrounding this defense started, again, to rear their ugly heads because the Bills just absolutely chewed up uh, this Steelers defense. That's what we're going to talk about now on the Conversation. 247sports.com here on the podcast. Um, man, the Bills rolled out 542 yards offense. They controlled the ball for over 39 minutes. Uh, they combined the Bills quarterbacks to complete 30 of 33 passes. To me, uh, you know, they had 156 yards rushing, almost 400 yards passing uh, on 11 drives, averaging almost eight yards of play, but, but 27 first downs. But to me, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that, that I took away from it, our defense allowed the Bills to convert 11 of 14 third downs. That's that's just not going to get it done. A- at any level, high school, college, pro, you will not win football games because your offense is off the field. The other offense is moving on your defense, and your defense is getting tired. Those are just three elements that will not win you football games. And, uh, again, our offense was just on the field for 21 minutes. But, you know, as bad as our defense was, and it was bad, there was honestly, like, no, not much positives you could take away. And I'll let Mike Tomlin tell you uh, what he said after the game. This is a quote here. He said, some of our young guys who we pushed through this game, quite frankly, who are fighting for jobs, are not executing enough detail to be strongly in consideration, and that's disappointing. This is Tom one speaking. As we push toward the end of this thing, I like to see the arrow pointing up, fighting for jobs. And some of these guys, quite frankly, looking like they're walking dead. That's crazy, looking like they're walking dead. We've got to analyze that and keep those that are committed to fighting. But some of that stuff was quite disturbing. We better get better and get solid in a hurry. And that was Mike Tomlin. Uh, talking just shortly after the game, talking about what has to happen for his team. But uh, and he, he hits that nail on the head. I mean, they, it kind of looked like they stopped playing. It looked like they stopped fighting, to be honest. That's disturbing uh, as a sports fan in general. These guys getting paid quite a bit of money. And you got to remember, at this point, there's, there's guys fighting for roster spots. And it's really rushing the ball, throwing the ball on third downs, whatever. They did whatever they wanted to do. They were 100% on their three uh, red zone trips, which meant they're also scoring from outside of the red zone, big plays. Um, and it was, it was, again, something very disturbing. And by the end of the game, I was honestly kind of just, like, like, like numb to it, just watching the Bills move the ball. I mean, you know, how do you, do, you know how it is. You watch a sporting event, and, and initially you're getting upset when bad things happen. But after a while, you just kind of take it, and you expect bad things to happen, which is something that being a, you know, outside football, being a Pirate fan for, for a long time, almost 30 years now, you know, it's uh, – you don't want to get used to seeing bad things. And I saw 20 straight years of losing baseball. and you, That's the number one thing. You know, there, there's the two kind of the two worst kind of sports fans: the the negative ones and the ones that just accept bad, you know, play on the field. And you know, and that's the number one thing. I, I the Steelers just you know their fan base they will never accept just just watching bad football. 
So Mike Tomlin is just as upset as you are. But there's a couple of factors I think that, that we have to remember. First of all, and they said this on the air on NFL Network yesterday, the Bills, uh, they let their starters out on the field a lot more than the Steelers did yesterday. And that's one thing that, you know, because, again, Tomlin, you know, they want to see if, if they have any depth on this defense. I honestly think if you look at the Steelers just starting 11, it's, it's better than last year. You know, cause as much as I love Paul Malu and I love Dyke Taylor, Dyke Taylor was hurt and Troy was playing hurt last year. I think if Troy came back one more season, he would have gotten it together if he was healthy, just like 2013 and had a Pro Bowl year, but he elected not to try to have that comeback. And I respect him, and he's earned the right to retire under his own accord. I, re- I get it. I Taylor left, but, again, he was injured most of the year. I think William Gay is going to be all right. You know, Shamarco Thomas. I think uh, Mike Mitchell, you know, with another year under his belt, learning the Steelers' defense, he'll be okay. I think Tewitt's going to have a better season. I think McClendon on the d will be better. I think Ryan Shazier who's had a very, very good preseason. It's going to be a stud this season if he can remain healthy. I think Bud Dupree is coming along. Jarvis Jones, if he's healthy. We have no idea what Jarvis Jones could, looks like healthy. We drafted him with our first draft pick back in 2013. We have no idea. But, you know, that being said, I, I think we have enough in our defense not to be – we won't be a dominant defense this year. I mean, don't want to be a, ne- a negative guy. And, and, again, I hope the Steelers prove me wrong. I really do. Um, and I do think our starting 11 is good enough, though, to be an effective defense. And what I mean by that is, We'll force some turnovers. We'll force some three and outs. And we'll be solid enough where, you know, if our offense can score over 20 points, 24 points, which they did average they did average that last year over that, then we'll be fine. We'll win 11, 12 games. In today's NFL, you don't need to have a dominant defense anymore. New England wasn't didn't have dominant defense last season. Seattle did. New England didn't. But New England's defense was good enough to force some turnovers, to force some three and outs, to win some field position battles, to put the Patriots' offense in position to do what they do. And I think – uh, our starting 11 on defense can do that. But we need to, we need depth, and we need to see who can step up on defense and provide that depth for us and, and guys that we can count on when we need to sub our first stringers out, if we need to go into a nickel defense and bring in more defensive backs. I mean, Tomlin wants to play the Tampa 2 defense. That requires more defensive backs. So we're going to have to have a lot of fresh bodies in our defensive backfield. So Tomlin played uh, more backups yesterday than the Bills. The Bills kind of went for the jugular, and the Steelers were trying to evaluate talent more so as the game went along. So that's another thing you got to remember is that two teams were playing for two different things. The Steelers were more of in the evaluation business yesterday, and the Bills were in more of the winning business, where honestly in the preseason, I don't care if we lose if the coaches got out of the game what they wanted to get out of it. And, you know, but I don't know. I think the Steelers coaches have got something out of the game, but something that we wanted, wanted which was that we saw guys out there, quite frankly, we just did not want to put up a fight. And that's something, you know, if the Bills are going to you know, run out their first team against our third team and they score, move the ball, that, that's fine, all good. If if our guys are, are at least fighting and providing some sort of punch, which which they weren't, and that was disturbing. So the question mark is still there, and that's something that, that I don't have the answer to. And I that right now, and that's not my job to do that. That's what the Steelers will have to do this week is, is, is light that fire under the Steelers' guys and see, hey, you know, especially on defense, are you guys going to provide a punch when things aren't going our way? Are you at least going to fight? And that's something there, you know, going into the last preseason game, that's the number one thing to watch. Watch the Steelers uh, reserve defensive players when they're in the game. Are they going to provide a, a fight? Are they going to provide a punch? Are they going to get walked over again like they were on Saturday? You also got to remember, too, the Steelers' offense did not provide our defense any support uh, the last five possessions. The Steelers had one first down in the last five possessions. That's over 30 minutes. Over half a game, our offense had one first down. They were giving our defense no break. I mean, Landry Jones, it, it, it was, uh, I think, was punt, 
punt, punt, field goal, or uh, one first down, so six plays, punt, punt. That's all it was. I mean, one third down conversion, I think, uh, you know, four punts, you know, and that's it. You know, so defense is going out there. They're on the field for ten plays. They go off the field. And the ten plays is their fault, but they get off the field. Offense goes straight out. They're back on the field. They, they don't even have enough time to get a drink or anything. They're back on the field. So, you know, just like, uh, you know, you know, basketball, if, if, you're, if you're not scoring on offense, well, guess what? Now your defense is back in transition constantly, and that's not good. And that, that's the thing about football. It is the ultimate team sport. If the special team struggles, like the Steelers did in the earlier weeks of the preseason against Jacksonville and against the Vikings, then all of a sudden your defense is, is in a bad spot. So the offense has to do a better job feeling out the defense when the defense is struggling. The offense has to at least, even if you don't score, you got to get a few first downs. So for everybody that wants to hate on the Steelers' defense, and again, it, terrible performance. It was not good. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, you know, as bad as it was, it, it, it's more than just – there's more gray in there than the black and white that they, they were just bad. There's reasons why they were bad. The Bills were, 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 were pressing more with their starters. Um, the Steelers' offense wasn't helping them at all. And the Steelers, quite frankly, you know, they got to find guys that are going to compete, and they need to get help because, you know, uh, chemistry is everything for a defense, and the Steelers haven't had time to assemble that chemistry yet. And, you know, but, again, it doesn't matter. Two weeks regular season is coming. And, I, and I, again, I think the Steelers, with their starting 11, can do enough things on defense, especially with, with really the lack of, of facing elite quarterbacks since Brady will be out in week one, and the Niners really don't have an elite quarterback that we're going to – I mean, Kaepernick's okay, but he, he's not – you know, uh, uh, Tom Brady out there, you know, throwing the football around. Um, he'll be more of a, of a threat, you know, in terms of his running ability. Um, so I, I think our defense will be okay, you know, at the top end. But we need to see if we have any good reserves that can help us out. And that's something you definitely got to look at, um, you know, in the last preseason game going, looking forward to the, to the regular season. Not much time was on the show, and I want to get to this, this offense when the Steelers are at full strength. So imagine – End of December, we've got Pouncey back. We've got A.B. doing his thing. We've got D'Angelo Levy on the backfield. We've got Big Ben, who led the NFL in passing with Drew Brees last season with almost 5,000 yards doing his thing. You know, we've got everything clicking on our offense. Heath Miller, everybody's just, just, just operating at, at full force. What can this offense look like? And I wrote down some teams from the last 25 years that, that just I thought were some of the best ever. And honestly, with free agency – not many teams in the 2000s. Most of them are from the 90s because it really is hard to assemble that much talent with the uh, the, the free agent uh, era, uh, you know, that happened, uh, you know, 1993 on. Um, that made more of an effect here in the 2000s. But I got a couple of 92 Cowboys with, with uh, Aikman, Irvin, Emmett, that offensive line, Alvin Harper, Jay Novacek. I think, honestly, that's the offense that the Steelers uh, could emulate the most because they've got maybe a dominant offensive line. They run a lot of the same counter and trap plays that that Cowboys team ran. Um, the only thing that that offense has that this one doesn't is a dominant fullback. They have Moose Johnson, and, 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 you know, we don't have anybody that really, you know, we might, but I haven't seen it yet. That could be that dominant fullback. Um, you know, and, again, I think we're going to utilize, again, David DeCastro's ability. Um, you know, the Steelers bread and butter running play last season was uh, the counterplay to the left with Heath Miller and DeCastro pulling for, for Le'Veon, and I think that's, again, going to be our bread and butter this season. So we've got the 92 Cowboys we can compare ourselves to, 94 Niners with Ricky Waters, who, a lot like Le'Veon Bell, just a dual threat. We got Jerry Rice on that team, who said that uh, who said that AB is now the best receiver in football. We got Steve Young, who actually back in '94 was 33 years old and was the same age as Big Ben is now when Steve Young led the Niners to that Super Bowl win. '96 Packers with Brett Favre was a great offense. '98 uh, Broncos with Elway and TD and Rod Smith, Charles Davis's TD for those uninitiated, and uh, 
You know, that's that's kind of three-headed monster the Steelers created the table this year. The 99 Rams with their explosion with Marshall Falk again, like Le'Veon Bell, bringing that versatility. Uh, Isaac Bruce, just like A.B., you know, just you know, the dominant receiver. Uh, you know, Kurt Warner, who, who – I love Kurt Warner because he can spread the wealth around, and that's a lot like Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he got A.B. 129 catches. We also got Martavis Bryant, eight touchdowns. He also got Marcus Wheaton, a lot of catches. He got, uh, uh, you know uh, – Le'Veon Bell, 83 catches. You got Heath Miller, a bunch of catches. So he's a guy that can spread the wealth like Kurt Warner. Got the 06 Colts with Peyton Manning, the field general, which is what Big Ben is kind of becoming now. They were led by Jim Saturday, who uh, was a great lineman, just like Marquise Pouncey. And I got to throw in the 05 Steelers, who they had two really good running backs in, in the Buffs from Willie Parker, and we could we could have that dimension, you know, right now um, with – uh, D'Angelo Williams and Le'Veon Bell. They were led by Roethlisberger, but a uh, wise Roethlisberger. You still have Heath Miller. You still got you got maybe a younger um, uh, Alan Fanica and David DeCastro. We'll see. Um, and you've got you know dynamic receivers. Uh, they had Heinz Ward, um, and they had well they didn't have Plexico. He left the year before, uh, but they still had Antoine Randall L. We've got Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown, Sammy Coates, uh, and Marcus Wheaton. So. You know, those are some of the teams I would compare ourselves to, but I would say, you know, the most exclude the 05 Steelers just because of the player similarities. I'll go to the 92 Cowboys or the 94 Niners as Super Bowl champions over the last 25 years that we are most comparable to. But, again, at the end of the day, those two teams won Super Bowls. And if our team won a Super Bowl this season, I'm all for it. So thank you again for joining us on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, stay tuned on our website, pit.247sports.com, for the latest and greatest Steeler news, along with uh, – Podcast coming up in the near future, and we will continue to give you more Steeler podcasts and updates as the regular season comes up upon us. Once again, this is Brian Yard signing off, saying have a great week, and it's a great day to be a Steelers fan.